Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these types of relationships can look like. I am currently visiting my family in Indiana. For some reason, even though I was just here two months ago, I told myself that I needed to come back here. Even though when I left last summer, I was like, I'm not going to come back for a while. I don't, it's hard being around family, especially when you're working so hard on healing and yeah, family is hard. Um, I do plan on probably going into that a little bit more eventually, but I'm not going to do that right now while I'm here and it's fresh and it's hard. If you're on my YouTube channel, you're probably like, what's wrong with this person? I did not get a lot of sleep last night. Um, I was up late talking to my mom, kind of diving into like some generational trauma things and trying to trying to have some deep conversations and she was she was receptive but it was also it was really hard being around family is hard um and so actually that's going to go ahead and be my struggle this week um i'm home with my family and it's not easy um my my success is going to be that i made it to one year no contact um one of my biggest fears this past year and i might have mentioned this um last week was that they would show up that my visa would show up somewhere. I would see them somewhere. They'd come up to me and say something and I would have to start over. Um, I mean, I guess I could just like turn around and walk away, but I, I was just like, oh my gosh, they're going to come. They're going to ruin it. I'm going to end up like getting into this, like at least like saying something to them. And that's that. That did not happen. I made it. So that's going to be my success for this week. Okay. So y'all had requested um, some more information about trauma bonds. So I'm going to talk about how I broke my trauma bond. Um, keep in mind that it's going to be different for everyone else. And, um, I will probably, since my episodes are a little shorter, they're 20, maybe 25 minutes, probably do another episode. That's like, um, you know, that's how I did it. Here are some tips, um, that you can use to break the trauma bond. I will say this, um, and for the sake of not reinventing the wheel, um, how I, part of how I broke the trauma bond was white knuckling it because I didn't have a lot of information at the time. I wasn't like fully prepared with information to do this. And then the other part was that I was working through Lisa Sunny from Stronger Than Before's um, trauma recovery journal. So I had some information with that. She's, um, I would say like the trauma bond queen. She's done a lot of work with that. Again, she's made this journal to help other people. She's got this 12 step course. Um, so if I make an episode about that, I will probably be referring to her journal, um, with her permission, I'm sure. 
Um, I'm saying I'm sure she'll give it, but I would like to run that by her first. Um, and sort of just like not give you all the information from her journal, but sort of like explaining a little bit more in depth about that. But for now, let's talk about how I did it. Um, at the time when I was planning to leave, I ended up, and I've, I've talked about how I left and all that stuff. I ended up having sort of a rough plan of what I was going to do, but I left before I was ready, which happens a lot in these kinds of situations. And so I was sort of scrambling, like I said, white knuckling it, but also kind of had a lot of, somehow I had a lot of foresight in terms of what I thought that I would benefit from in terms of healing. And so I made like a three step, we'll call it a four step plan. Um, step number one was getting far, far away from them before I went no contact I came to my mom's house. I called my mom. I was very concerned about the safety of my son because um, they started using my son as like a, like, well, if I can, like, you know, I'm going to come into the house without being welcomed in. I'm going to talk to him. He's only three years old. I'm going to convince him that he needs to come with me to get a donut, all of that stuff. And I realized that they were trying to get him to, you know, say, hey, mama, I want to go with him. Um, and that if, if they could get him to go, then of course I would go and then I would go back home and that would be that. And so I came to my mom's house, bought one of my ticket. This is where I am now. This is also my, not my childhood bedroom, but like my high school bedroom. Um, and so we stayed here for about a month. Now for the first two weeks, I was still in contact with them and I was slowly like tapering off contact. Um, and I was prepping to go no contact. I did talk about this last week in the one year no contact video. Um, how I had it in my mind that as soon as I stepped on the plane, I would just go no contact. And again, at the time, I didn't understand that that meant um, I did block them on social media, but I didn't understand that it meant like no looking at theirs, no talking to them, no talking to people around them who would give me information about them or give them information about me. That took a lot more time. Um, and again, I probably will do an entire episode on going no contact and I'll give the steps that I did to go no contact, but like, this is what it's been. This is what we recommend that you should do to go no contact. Um, so the first two weeks I was here, I was like tapering back. I was, I was, you know, trying to like trying to, Oh, I'm, I'm smoking a pack a day. Now I'm going to do, I don't know how people quit smoking. I'm going to do half a pack. Now I've got four a day. I don't even know how many are in a pack of cigarettes. I've never been a smoker, but like I was kind of doing that. All right. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. And by the time I found out that they had made their move on the new supply, I had gone like two days without talking to them. They didn't reach out to me. So it was kind of like, we we're both like tapering off. Um, found out about the new supply, ended up having like two days or so of like a lot of back and forth of just shenanigans. Um, and I realized what was going on was that they were, I feel that they purposely made me aware that the new supply was, was there. Um, and that they were purposefully sort of like bringing me in to, to have me have reactions and, um, to get a reaction out of me. Cause that's supply too, right. To have someone being like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you going after a married woman? what's going on here? I don't think I can talk to you anymore because it's making me feel yucky. Like that's supply. That's still getting something out of me. Um, and so then I went no contact. Um, 
two weeks after I was physically gone. Now, for my plan for breaking the tra trauma bond, I was with my family. Uh, my family helped a lot with my son. I do have, at the time, he was a three-year-old. And so they would bring their kids over and they would, and, and they didn't fully understand what I was going through because at the time I, I was, you know, I was like, well, I'm going through this breakup and I'm really having a hard time with it. But they didn't understand that this person was abusive, that I was in a trauma bond. They still don't because I haven't really, I haven't really in depth shared like they don't know what a trauma bond is probably because why would they, right? A lot of people don't if they haven't either been in it or taken the time to, or like found the resources and then taken the time to learn about it. Um, but they did, They it was where I needed to be. Like I said, my son, I, I don't think he really noticed that I was like going through like withdrawals and like I was sad and I was going through all these, you know, crying and feeling weird and like all the things that happen when you go through withdrawal. Um, and so that was really important to me. And a lot of people, when they reach out to me, they, you know, they say they don't have anywhere to go. And to be honest with you, like, this isn't the best place for me to be. I'm in like small town, Indiana. It's very homophobic. I'm a queer person. Um, my relationship with my family is very strained and it's getting even more strained as I continue to heal. Again, I'm not quite ready to talk about fully about that yet, but it's definitely something I want to dive into with all of you because most of us, our family, even if they were you know, they meant well, our original wounds come from our family, right? Generational trauma, you know, childhood neglect, things like that, or worse. Um, and so it wasn't the best place for me, but that said, finding a place that you can go that's not where you were, where you're not being gaslighted, you're not being manipulated, you're not being guilt-tripped, you're not in a trauma bond, or a place where you can go to break the trauma bond, even if it's not perfect. Like, we we all, like, if if I could, like, my perfect place to heal would be like, on a beautiful island somewhere with like plenty of fruits and vegetables, like ocean, sun, just calm, like no one else is around. So I can just process all of my emotions like alone without like, you know what I mean? Um, I wish we could all do that. That doesn't, that doesn't work. Right. Um, but I, I did end up, um, deciding to go to Europe. And sometimes I feel guilty when I say this, because obviously that's not going to be an option for everyone. Some of us are, are having our finances controlled, uh, or some of us are, you know, for whatever reason, you just, we can't all just like go on that vacation. Like I said, where we're like, Oh, cool. I'm going to stay on an Island for a month or three months. And I'm just going to heal right now. Things will be fine. Um, but I was lucky enough to be able to find cheap tickets to Europe. Um, it was like November when we went, so it wasn't like, you know, high, time to go. Um, and I ended up staying with someone for like a week and we just hung out. We were in England, um, with my son, we had fun and it was kind of like, I knew like, okay, go and have this distraction. Like the trauma bond's been broken. I was home for a month. I was with my family for about a month. I went through like some of that. And then I was like, now go have a fun distraction, go hang out in England, do some tourism, be around another person, share, and then go to Spain. And when I went to Spain, I did, um, I reunited with some of my friends that I had in Spain, um, many, many years ago that I hadn't gone to see because I had a kid, COVID happened, all that stuff. So I reunited with them, but I was able to, they had a place for me to stay for about two weeks with my son where it was just me and him. So I spent a lot of time not alone because he was there, but I spent a lot of time away from people. Um, because a lot of time when we're breaking trauma bonds, we don't have people in our near, like, in our inner circle that understand and are supportive. Like people around us aren't usually trauma recovery coaches. They're not usually fellow survivors of this abuse, or if they are, they haven't worked through it because they don't know. Again, they don't know. You don't know. You can't heal 
from this type of abuse if you don't have the resources and understanding as to what it is. So a lot of times it's just being shoved down. So maybe one of my family members have been through this and they didn't work through it. So they're just like, yeah, I just, I just shoved it down and, you know, got into another relationship and, um, I'm okay. I'm functioning. I'm raising my kids. I'm doing whatever. I don't know. Um, but I, I spent some time alone. So even if you're not going to Spain and you don't have a friend's house, who's, you know, they're not using it these two weeks. So sure. Come stay here for free. Um, whatever that might look like, um, for me, it was really important to be able to just slow down and have that time with my thoughts and to look back. And as the fog started to clear, remembering, um, remembering things and being able to say, okay, this is what I thought was happening. This is what was really happening. Whenever they had this behavior, this is what it was. As I was continuing to learn about narcissistic abuse, emotional abuse, all that stuff. And at that time is, that's when I realized instead of saying that we were in a toxic relationship and we just broke up because we were toxic together, like they weren't toxic. I'm not toxic, but we're just a toxic match, which is what one of the things that they would feed me a lot when I was like, what's up? This relationship sucks. What are we doing here? We're just toxic together. And like, we just have to keep working. This is the hardest I've ever worked. This is the hardest we've ever worked, blah, 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 blah. I realized that that's not what was happening. I realized that what was happening was abuse. Um, I allowed myself to admit that they had been physically abusive with me. I, again, allowed myself to be like, oh my gosh, yeah, when we would have these fights and these circular arguments and they would go on for hours and they were doing word salad, which in a nutshell is like, just saying bunches of random things and you're confused. You don't even know what the argument's about anymore because they're just, it, I, yeah, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so I had that time where I wasn't at work. I wasn't trying to maintain friendships. I wasn't trying to, you know, I'm not staying with my mom. I'm not talking to my mom every day and trying to, because a lot of times like when you're around other people who aren't going through it, you're trying to act normal. You're like, you're, you're like, yeah, I'm okay. you're really not okay. You're not okay right now. So for me taking time to be, again, I gave myself like that fun distraction time. And then I gave myself, um, after the initial breaking of the trauma bond, when I was just like a ball, like I had a lot of breakdowns. I, like I said, a lot of crying and things like that. I gave myself time alone. My son was there again. My son was there, but I had so much time to just think like we would go and sit at the beach in November where there's not a lot of people around and he would just happily play. Um, and I just would sit there and think and remember and look back on old things and, and see, see it for what it was. Um, and then, um, you know, through that time of being away, I was out of the state of Washington for 90 days. I've said this before, but I left, you know, my house, the dogs, I left all our stuff. I had to come back and clear that up in January. I left in um, October and I came back in late December and cleared out all the stuff they had already moved out, you know, donated all like most of our stuff and, and moved on and closed, you know, closed that last little attachment, so to speak, that I had with them. Um, even though I had been no contact for two, three months by that time, but, um, <clears throat> Staying gone as long as I possibly could. And then as I, so again, I went in contact with them and I did say this could kind of be another episode, but realizing that the people who had been in both of our lives, who, who, who claimed to be our friends or claimed to be my friend were actually working as go-betweens and that's contact. 
Um, and it's very hard to break a trauma bond, to heal from a trauma bond when you still have contact, even if it's not directly through them. So just because I'm not talking to them, I'm not talking to my abuser, if their brother's girlfriend is texting me, or if a friend from the gym, who's not really a friend, is texting me and saying, hey, yeah, I saw them. Yeah, they seemed really sad. Or they said this or whatever. That's still going to fuel that trauma bond. And so for me, again, I would love to go more into like what my quote unquote rules for going no contact and staying no contact look like. That was a huge part of breaking the trauma bond because there's still these little strings that are still going to be pulling on you and still sort of messing with your head when you're still getting information about that person, when you're still seeing pictures of that person. And so for me, like I do have the official no contact date, but technically y'all to be completely transparent with you, it took me another several months of that to, cause it's like this, it's like this continual, well, there's another person who's a connection to them. Got to cut them out and just reflecting. Um, and I have, I have some clients who will ask me, do I need to cut that person out too? It's all about how you feel. Do they, do you feel bad around them? Are they talking about your abuser? Are they giving your abuser a free pass? Like, yeah, I don't like what they did. I, you know, I don't condone their behavior, but like they didn't do anything to me. So I'm still hanging out with them for me. It's a It's goodbye. You're getting cut out of my life. And that has really helped me. That really helped me to break the trauma bond. Um, and to just start over. I don't go where I think they might be. I don't, um, I don't, I mean, I don't, you know, my accounts are public, so I don't know if my abuser's watching me. I don't know if they have um, other connections who are watching me and saying, oh, I saw Lindsay did this. I saw Lindsay did that. I don't know. Um, but I think that that's very important when going, when breaking a trauma bond. Now, a lot of you want to ask about like, what if it's a family member or what if you have kids with this person? And that is another story because it is a lot more difficult. Um, I am no contact with a family member. Well, I'm no contact with a lot of family members, but it was more like, I just don't want anything to do with you anymore. You're not necessarily harming me, but like you're my aunt or uncle and like, you're kind of an a-hole and I don't like you. So I just like, don't have contact with them versus like deliberately choosing not to communicate, you know, spend time around whatever. So I do have a new, a family member who I'm newly no contact with because I felt like it was holding me back from my healing. Cause the way I would feel around them was the way I would feel around my abuser. And I was like, I can't do this. Don't like the way you talk to my kid. Don't like the way you talk to me. Um, and it's a very difficult, very painful choice. Um, and again, like society tells us, you know, it's your mom it's your sibling. How are you? You got to keep trying when in reality, we have to give ourselves permission to distance ourselves from those people. We can still love them. We can still have empathy for them, but if they're hurting us and they're harming our mental health, we don't have to be around them. We really don't. And when it comes to, um, when it comes to like friendship type connections, you know, a lot of people will say like, yeah, well, they're friends, they're friends with both of us. And for me, you know, that's a definite no. Cause again, if they are still trying to maintain a friendship with that person, then they're saying that the abuse and the things that they, that you went through at that person's hand, like at the hands of that person, isn't really that important or wasn't really that bad. What you went through wasn't that bad. And that's not an okay message to send. So yes, um, for me, breaking the trauma bond meant yeah, absolutely severing every tie with every person. Again, if you have kids, um, I am not an expert on this. I'm not the one to speak on this. I do follow several creators who do have, um, 
you know, have children with their abuser, they're parallel parenting, which is not the same as co-parenting. Co-parenting means, you know, even if you're not madly in love with this, obviously you're not in love, but like, I don't love this idea of working with you. You know, we got divorced or we didn't decide to be together for a reason, but I'm going to work really hard on healing my wounds that I have with you and having this level of respect for you don't have to be best friends. Um, but like, we're going to have this communication respect. We might spend a little bit of time together so the kid can see us all together. You're not going to do that with an abusive person because it's not going to work. Um, they're going to be working against you every chance they get. Right. Um, so, you know, parallel parenting is, you know, training yourself because you can't change the other person. Um, as much as we wish we could, like there's, there's nothing that you can do most likely to, to change them and have them be able to co-parent with you. So it's more being able to distance yourself emotionally, look at them through the lens of like, this person is abusive towards me. Every conversation that we have, I'm going to assume that they are, they've got something going on. They're trying to lure me into an argument they're trying to make me look crazy, whatever. So you're only responding about, yes, I will pack a swimsuit this weekend. Um, thanks for the reminder. Yes, I will pack sunscreen. Yes, I will meet you at 5 p.m. for the drop-off, whatever. Um, very minimal contact, only responding about the kids. Uh, in fact, uh, in Austin, Texas, this past weekend when we had our Narc Avengers meet and greet, Lisa Sunny said, you know, being able to, you know, there's like 10 paragraphs, sift through it. None of this is important. Yep, I will bring the sunscreen. That was the exact example she used. It's like, you know, they've said all this stuff. They've criticized you. They've done all this stuff. And really they need you to bring sunscreen or they say that and you're just like, yes, I'll bring sunscreen. That's all you say. Or, you know, see you at 5 PM tomorrow or whatever. Again, I'm not the one to speak on that. That's not my arena. Um, luckily for me, I do have so much empathy for the people who are, who are having to do that. But yeah, in a nutshell, that's what I did. I just sort of like, I, I, I looked at my own, like who I am as a person, what I wanted to, like, I really wanted to go to Europe. I wanted to say, you know, you told me that I couldn't travel with my son. You discouraged me from even visiting my family with him. You discouraged me from all these things. I'm taking him to Europe. We're going to do this. I don't need anyone's help. Um, and so for me, for Lindsay Goodman, that's what I wanted to do. So really, you know, taking a moment to say, um, I mean, it's chaotic when you're breaking the trauma bond. It's confusing. Again, you're going through withdrawal symptoms where you might be checking your phone a lot. Um, even though like, I, you know, I've talked about this before where I was like, please, I hope I don't say their name before I, you know, before I block them. I hope they don't contact me, but just that habit of checking your phone. Cause you're trained you're not supposed to miss contact from them. So you don't want to, you know, like not respond and they get mad at you. You're also, you're just waiting for that kick of, oh, they finally responded. Okay. Um, even though they said something horrible, at least they, at least they responded to me. They must still care. And so breaking that, you know, it's a very confusing time, but being able to say, oh my, where do I need to be? Do I need to be around a safe person? And who is that? Do I need to, you know, even if you can't take two weeks and go to Spain, do I need to take a weekend in a hotel to just sit alone and cry and scream and journal and burn what I wrote or like, whatever, what does that look like for you? Um, because we all are different and we all are in different situations. So I challenge you after listening to my story, again, not to compare, not to be like, oh my gosh, okay, I got to book a trip to Europe. I'm going to have to use my credit card for this. Or, do I, you, you know, I was going to do this other trip and I guess I have to go to Spain because Lindsay said, that's not what I'm saying. But I challenge you after listening to this to say, again, what is it that I need? What feels healing to me? And again, a lot of times when we're in these situations, we don't even know what that is because we are just so confused and we don't know what we like and don't like. 
and if you try something and it doesn't feel good, then, you know, try something else. But finding out where you need to be, maybe get Lisa Sunny's trauma recovery journal, or I believe she has a course on her website as well, Stronger Than Before. Um, I do also encourage you to book a coach. It doesn't have to be me. I am, co I am offering one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, which you can, um, you can book me through my website, thelindsaygoodman.com. But if it's not me, there's lots of other coaches out there. You can go to the narcobenders.com website, see all the other people that I work with, collaborate with. Um, we all support each other. Book, if you can, book some sessions with a coach to, you know, we can help you find clarity. You have all these questions about like what was really going on. Why do they do this? Why are they like this? Now, what do I do from here? How do I heal? Um, if you can get in with a coach, I definitely recommend that. I did not. Um, actually, I did. I I worked with Lee Hammock once, um, and he offered me a lot of clarity mental illness. And then I worked with Manjeet Rupai, who wrote a book. Well, I'm not at my house right now. Um, the talks the guide for toxic and narcissistic abuse survival or something like that. It's a little orange book. You can get it on Amazon. Um, but I had like two sessions with her, and she also offered me a lot of clarity about what I was going through. So I did. I forgot about that. I did. Um, just three sessions though, because I was very, um, <clears throat> hesitant to, after my experiences with, um, therapy while I was with my abuser, which I have made an entire podcast episode on. So check that out if you want to. Um, I was very hesitant to do that, but I do think that it does help to have someone who's on the other side or someone who already has done the work to understand this, that can, that can help you get to the point where now you understand it, that now you can share that with other people once you get to a calm space again. Um, anyway, I feel like I'm a little bit babbling here. This is going on a little bit longer than I had expected it to. Um, I hope that's helpful to you to sort of hear what I did. Um, and like I said, spark that, um, you know, where do I need to be? What do I need to do from here? All right. I'm going to keep my announcements quick this week. Um, cause I am really tired. Like I said, um, like I say every week, I'm hosting trips next year to, um, Costa Rica and Greece. I want them to be safe spaces for queer folks, survivors. There's a lot of crossover in those two groups, but these are the two communities that I'm really passionate about serving. Um, I want to offer that safe space where you can show up on this trip. You know what it's going to, we know what we're going to do. It's going to be a group of safe people. Um, and then also to parents, who don't otherwise feel like they have the ability to travel without their children, um, and a judgment-free zone. Um, and, uh, so Costa Rica is in March of 2023, uh, Greece in August of 2023. I'm really excited about hosting those trips, about meeting all of you, sharing, connecting, creating these friendships. Um, and, um, what else? The NARC Avengers, we had a meeting uh, yesterday. We're starting to try to decide where we want to visit in 2023. So let us know. Um, we are looking at obviously big cities like LA, Chicago, Seattle, um, Houston, places like that. So let us know where you'd like to have us come, you know, host meet and greets, have Q and A sessions, probably some workshops, um, whatever we can do to get you all to your optimal healing and, you know, just fill your toolkits as you work through these yucky things. Um, if you like this podcast, or if you're on YouTube, please rate, review, subscribe. I really want to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most and your interactions really do make that more possible. Again, if you want more from me, you can find me at the Lindsay Goodman across all social media and, uh, yeah, take care of yourselves and I will see you all next week.